Blog Talk Radio. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. sing that song, the first thing that struck me is, it's, uh, I wish every Jew would uh, sing those words. This is my land. God gave this land to me. I was thinking also that um, now that it's uh, 2024 and just six years, um, I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm going to meet uh, Elia for uh, Passover. Uh, there in uh, Jerusalem, and we are going to engage in religion and politics condemning mode. And I thought, you know, it will be marvelous to experience his company. He is just such a an entertaining and brilliant orator. Um, but then I was beginning to think, oh my God, that's three years that we're going to be doing that. <laughs> and after... After having spent so much time now rewriting Goddamn Religion, a Prophet of Doom as Goddamn Religion, think, three years? Oh, my. Uh, uh, that seems like an awfully long time. Uh, but we've got a lot to accomplish. I mean, uh, I was telling a friend that uh, today asked, uh, so, you know, how many are uh, are going to be there when uh, Yahweh and Dode return? And I said, I'm. I'm hoping that the numbers are 7,000 for the true harvest and 70,000, mostly a remnant of Yisrael uh, for uh, Dodes as the Messiah and Yahweh's return on on Yom Kippurim in year 6,000, yeah, 2033, October 2nd. Uh, so 7,000 and, and 70,000 sounds like a really good number, but uh, if it were to happen today, it'd be less than 1,000. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. And you would think that with as many things going wrong for Israel, uh, that uh, that there would be a more receptive audience among uh, Israelis. Today, uh, we heard the verdict in the first phase of the uh, World Against Israel trial. 
at the uh, International Court of Unjustice. And I had said at the time that if I had been given the authorization to speak for Israel, that I would have taken a very different approach than what Israel took, which I would have begun by stating that we have no business being here, and you most certainly have no business judging us. In fact, you're incapable of judging us. Proof of that is that we're here. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, Hamas is not here, nor is Hezbollah, nor is Iran, nor are the European nations that funded them, nor is the United States that also aided and equipped these terrorists to rape and mutilate, murder and kidnap our sons and daughters. So you have shown, just by the fact that we are here and that you've summoned us here for this reason, that you're incapable of exercising good judgment, that you cannot be moral, that you're not rational. Therefore, there is no reason for this tribunal to go forward. I was disgusted, as is every rational person in the world, when the pompous progressive who spoke for the tribunal spent the first 30 minutes bashing Israel. Mm-hmm. Of course, then they ended by saying there's no further action. But, oh my God, why would you bash Israel under these circumstances? Your grandmothers and your children, your sons and your daughters as Israelites, were mutilated and tortured and raped and burned alive and kidnapped and murdered, terrorized. And you're going in to hold the perpetrators accountable, something that every moral and just individual institution or country in the world would do. And it's okay for everyone except Jews. It's okay to kill Jews, I guess. It's okay to torture Jews, but it's not okay for Jews to defend themselves. We have no idea what the carnage is in Gaza because the reports are coming from an organization that would lie even if the truth sounded better. Yep. My guess is that rather than 25,000 civilian deaths, that there's probably been 10 to 15,000 militants who have been killed and maybe a quarter of that in terms of uh, those killed that were hiding them, supporting them, aiding and abetting them. As for innocence, not one. Right. I want to return to three of the things that I advised Israel when we're going to return uh, and complete the first Mismore and then speak about conspiracy, maybe even make it into the second Mismore as the show progresses this evening. Uh, But I want to return to what I encouraged Israel to do in my open letter and in the radio broadcast the uh, the evening of October 7th of uh, this past year. I said, if you're going to survive this, there are three things you must do. And the first of those is to make it illegal in Israel to use the term Palestinian. That by continuing to speak of Palestinians 
as if they actually existed is so detrimental to Israel because it gives the world this mythos that they have the right to go off and attack Israel for occupying their land. And for the European Union saying, Israel has no veto, no voice in whether or not the Palestinians get a state. And to have the United States, all of the Muslim world, and all of the progressive West, all insistent, all declaring openly that the solution to this is to give the terrorists their own state as in a two-state solution is so utterly ludicrous that it is largely Israel's fault for not exposing and damning the entire notion of a Palestinian. And yet, Gallant, Gant, Netanyahu all speak of them, as this does every media outlet in Israel. There is no such thing. The last of the Philistines were annihilated by the Greeks, Alexander. Prior to that, they had been decimated by the Babylonians and by the Assyrians. The Egyptians beat the living tar at them as well. And Dode bludgeoned them into submission as well. There was nothing left of them. And they had no legacy. They didn't belong there anyway. They were from Crete. Their DNA proves it. Yahweh said it. Their DNA proves it. They were invaders. They were crude. They were ruthless. They didn't have their own language. Spoke Hebrew. Variation both to Phoenician and Hebrew. The only people that could write wrote in Hebrew. They had no coinage. They had no real government. They had no buildings of architecture of any renown. They made no contributions to the world. They were just savages. And the only reason that Hadrian renamed the province of Yahuda after the Philistines is because some rabbi told them that they had been the enemy of the Jews. Right. But they were extinct. And then the British, arrogant assholes as they are, and their Occidental Institute, fell in love with the term. It made them feel superior with their anti-Semitic nature. And so they published every article in academia spoke of Palestine as opposed to Israel, all playing off the lie of Hadrian. Disgusting. The term wasn't revisited in the sense of a Palestinian until Yasser Arafat and the Egyptians, the Muslim Brotherhood, even the Soviets at the time, got together, formed the PLO with the distinct purpose of undermining Israel as a uh, as what was perceived to be a US ally. And the purpose was for Muslims to claim it. But the Muslims who lived in the West Bank under the domination of Jordan and the Muslims who lived in Gaza under the domination of Egypt, both of which the world considered to be outdoor prisons long before Israel was even created, 
never spoke of these people being Palestinians. And when DNA is taken of them, they come from all over the Muslim world. They are not a unified people group. But the very myth that has been told so many times that the world actually believes there's something, a people in a place called Palestine and a people called Palestinian, the lie has been told so many times that it's largely believed. And therefore, the majority of Americans, the majority of Europeans, almost all of Muslims, well, except the fundamentalist Muslims, think that two states will be a solution. Of course, the really good Muslims don't want a two-state solution from the river to the sea. Mm-hmm. Palestine will be free of Jews. Mm-hmm. They will be annihilated. And that's been the modus operandi of Islam since it, it first began. Yes. Yep. So if Israel doesn't wake up and start referring to them as Muslims, not as Hamas, not as Hezbollah, not as the PLO, not as Fatah, and for God's sake, not as Palestinians, but as Muslims. And they have no hope for success. Literally, none. You have a 0% possibility of saving Israel so long as you continue to refer to the terrorists as either Palestinians or Hamas, Hezbollah, or Islamic Jihad, or the PLO, or Fatah, or the Iranian regime, they're just Muslims being Muslims. Shed your ignorance. Speaking of shedding your ignorance, I decided to rewrite uh, Volume 1 of Goddamn Religion. Uh, It is now 800 pages long. I'm three pages from finishing it finish it early tomorrow morning, then there's the edit process with the team, uh, and then we'll republish it. It is, well, it was strong. Now it is lethal to Islam. If somebody just reads volume one, it's all over. It is a thousand deaths to Satan and to the religion of Islam and and to Muhammad. Uh, It gives them no wiggle room whatsoever. It's just absolutely devastating. And so we'll soon have uh, that uh, completed. And so that is the second thing that Israel must recognize, that the problem is Islam. It's not radical Islam. It's not extremist Islam. It's not Islamic clubs like Hamas or Al-Qaeda or ISIS. It's just Islam. Read the Quran. It's the most anti-Semitic book ever written, far worse than Mein Kampf. It's the most vicious, demented deadly, demonic diatribe ever committed to paper. And if you don't understand that, then either shut your mouth or shed your ignorance. Mm -hmm. So that's the second point, Israel. Come to Mm -hmm. understand your enemy and why they have tried to wipe you out and annihilate you under their God's orders for 1,400 years. They're not going to change, and it's either you or them. Know your enemy. 
The next thing is that I told Israel that morning to do something that I knew that Israel wouldn't do, but uh, and it's a it's a tremendous shame because it has cost Israel dearly, and it can still be done to some extent, but they've they've certainly lost the initiative, they've lost the upper hand and the war of words. Um, but Israel needed to spend, even if it was a billion shekels, to hire the world's best graphic designers and programmers and, and web designers and show the life story of, of every person who was harmed by the invasion of October 7th. Everyone. Show who they were, what they had done, what kind of a future they had, the people who loved them, essays about them, and then show Every disgusting detail, every autopsy picture, every burnt horse, every mutilated body as to what happened to them. There was a man, who, one of the more recent ones, who was a, uh, a Israeli soldier um, who was in one of the guard posts. He was sodomized, of course, by the Muslims because they're indiscriminate as it goes to raping women and men. Uh, they actually sodomized him when he was dead, which is one of their practices. They're really into necrophilia. Uh, I, and they, at the end of all of this, they cut off his head because they were told, you know, bring a head, win a prize. It's a $10,000 bonus if you brought an Israeli head back to, uh, to Gaza. And so after the head had been stored for the longest time in an ice cream uh, box, freezer, they put it up for sale online, and uh, the father saw it, and they uh, and they managed the IDF managed to find it and bring it back to him, and and so when the stories are written about it, the father will talk about how much he loved his son. Lovely, that's an important thing to do, but he won't show the pictures. You have to show the pictures, and I said, well, you know, I don't want to suffer anymore. I don't want my son disgrace. You know that. May the memory be a blessing. I'm here to tell you, if you want their lives to matter, to have to count for something, this has to be done. All of those girls who were raped, who were mutilated, the children who were so tormented, if you want their lives to matter, if you want those lives, some 2,000 of them, to protect the lives of 15 million Jews, let them speak. Let them speak to the horror that happened to them. I will guarantee you that Yahweh is going to revisit it. So if you're queamish over these kind of things, I will tell you for certain that Yahweh will revisit it, and he is going to hold those who perpetrated such things accountable so that what they receive is worse than what they gave. Good. So stop being squeamish. Stop being stupid. Make your the sacrifice of those individuals meaningful. The next thing I, I shared is that the two scars on top of Mount Moriah on the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Hoofy Print called the uh, Dome of the Rock and Alaska Mosque, are both trophies to lunacy. They exist because... Muhammad was engaged in the 
what I call the never-ending argument, a war of words, which he lost badly, where those who knew Muhammad best, the Karish tribe uh, in Petra, called Muhammad a lunatic, a madman, said he was demon-possessed. They said that his Quran was nothing but a forgery, and all of it was true. Those who knew Muhammad best spoke honestly about what he was and what the Quran was. And so Muhammad got uh, thin-skinned and got tired of it. He said he was going to slaughter his people. That was his retort to their verbal jousting. And as a, uh, as a retort to that, the uh, uh, Karish played devil chamberlain. I said, well, I'll tell you what. We'll give you the prettiest women in town, sexual perversion. We'll give you uh, bundles of unearned money. You know, we're going to bribe you. And uh, we're going to give you the power that you seek. We'll make you king for a day. And, uh, and I think actually he said make a king for a year. All you have to do is include our gods, Alat Manat, Al-Uzza, and Allah, along with your god, who at the time was Rabbi Rachman. And Muhammad accepted the deal. That's why the names of those goddesses, including Al-Rachman, dominate the early surahs of the Quran. And so when the few members of the Muslim cult So wait a minute, you know, this is now way too many gods for a monotheistic religion. What in the hell are you doing? Plus, you didn't cut us in on the deal. Muhammad recanted and said that Allah, that Satan inspired those words and that Allah collaborated that and said that all of Allah's messengers speak on behalf of Satan. It's called the Satanic Verses. So you have the pagan indulgence followed by the satanic verses. Muhammad, who was already mocked to the point that, that you know, he had threatened to slaughter his people, then needed an escape that was way, way too um, difficult for him to endure the hell that he had brought on himself. And so he imagined the night's journey where a donk mule with wings... So this is not your normal donkey, not your normal mule, but a donk mule with wings came into uh, to Petra. And with Allah's help, and uh, Gabriel, of course, was there as well, they boarded the donk mule and they flew it into an unnamed city, which everyone assumes was Jerusalem, where uh, Muhammad allegedly met within the temple, which, of course, didn't exist at the time, with all of the Jewish uh, bigwigs of the past, uh, led them as an emum in prostration prayer, and then immediately jumped back on the donk mule and headed to uh, Allah in heaven. Uh, but to get there, of course, you have to go through Islamic hell, which is where Allah spends all of his time. And he has this whole uh, uh, episode that takes place in Islamic hell. Finally gets to, uh, to Allah after some of the most insane narratives ever recited, and all Allah wants is 50 prostrations a day. You will humiliate yourself and put your nose in the dirt 50 times a day. That's all I have to say. Get out of here. That's the nice journey. And for that, Muslims built this trophy on the Temple Mount saying, Muhammad was here. We own you now. So why, the reason I bring this up 
is that I would make that story part of the national discourse in Israel. I, my guess is there's not one Jew among a thousand that knows it. I would make it required reading. In fact, I would make goddamn religion required reading. Yeah. And then, and then, I would have told the Muslims, you have 24 hours. All 230 of our hostages are returned, and I want 230 heads. Whether they're on the bodies or detached from the bodies, I really don't care. I want the 230 most highly ranked Muslims who perpetrated, equipped, led, and inspired the atrocities of October 7th. That's awesome. 230 of our hostages and 230 of the operatives within 24 hours, or we will destroy Alaska Mosque and the Dome of the Rock. Don't toy with me. Don't play with me. Don't miss me, miss me, read me. I don't give a crap what the rest of the world says. I have no interest in sending our troops into Gaza and having more of them killed while you hide under the dresses of your women and the world comes down on us. Those two buildings will be destroyed. I don't give a crap if you've got a thousand Muslims in them or a hundred thousand. They will be destroyed in 24 hours if you don't give us our hostages back and the heads, equal number of heads who perpetrated this crime. That's the deal. Fair. I'm not negotiating with you. Don't need Qatar to, uh, to tell us what we can and can't have. Not asking the Egyptians, don't even give a hoot about what the United States thinks. Those are our terms. You've marred our city with these two buildings. You've threatened us over them. They're a total disgrace to you. And now you've come in and raped and mutilated our daughters. We're going to mutilate your buildings. And you've got 24 hours. If they did not listen, and if those buildings were raised, my next move would be really simple. You're not civilized. You're not human. You're not going to live in Israel. I'm going to get the biggest damn bulldozers and whatever we need to push all of the Gazians into the Sinai. Don't give a crap what Egypt has to think about it or says about it. They're going into the, the, the uh, Sinai. You can have them. You want them. You got them. And the West, those that are living in Judea and Samaria, they go into Jordan and Saudi Arabia. You've got plenty of land. You've got plenty of money. Hey, even the ones in uh, Egypt, the United States and Europe, you'll fund. No problem. Give them whatever home you want to give them. Or if Europe, you want to give the fake Estonians a state, put one in Spain, maybe Italy. Try one in Germany. I really don't care. Build them one wherever you want. Just not going to be here. That would have been my uh, approach. And l- let me tell you something. It works. God's approach as well. I yeah. don't stand alone. I stand shoulder to shoulder with the God of Abraham, Yishak, and Jacob, Yahweh. And 
don't think for a moment that isn't true. Because I can assure you, in less than 10 years from now, he will eliminate all Muslims. He will eradicate all Islamic shrines. Now, there are going to be a lot of religious and progressive Jews and religious and progressive uh, Gentiles that will read their last at the same time. But yeah, I was intolerant of all this nonsense. That's what's going to happen. Why not, why not actually do what your God would do now? You didn't need to sacrifice more lives. You didn't need to go through all of this rigmarole. That was always the answer. Well, I have one last uh, thought on this before we move on. The world now mocks Neville Chamberlain because Neville Chamberlain claimed peace in our time when he gave the high ground of Czechoslovakia, which wasn't his to give, to Adolf Hitler before Adolf Hitler really had um, submitted his grip on power. Before, uh, I mean, during a time when Adolf Hitler could have easily been deposed in a military coup because the military didn't buy into what he was wanting to do either. And yet Neville Chamberlain gave the high ground of Czechoslovakia to the Nazis. It led directly to World War II. Hitler solidified his power based upon the concession, and the war followed. Now, the reason that I bring that up is because at the time, Hitler was a menace. He had, read, he had written Mein Kampf, which is almost as bad as the Quran. He had begun remilitarizing Germany, said a lot of nasty stuff, hadn't invaded anybody. Roll that forward to today, the Muslims have attacked Israel in 1948, trying to destroy them. 1967, trying to destroy them. 1973, trying to destroy them. Two intifadas, trying to destroy them. October 7th, trying to destroy them. And they're planning a hundredfold of October 7th right now. To destroy them. And so now you would reward the terrorists by giving them a state, knowing what they have already done. It's far worse than what Neville Chamberlain did to bring the world into World War II with Adolf Hitler. Far worse. And yet the world's lining up to be the next Neville Chamberlain. There's so many candidates, I couldn't list them all in the time remaining in this program. The reason that Gaza exploded into Israel is because the United States forced Israel out of Gaza. It wasn't occupying Gaza. There were no Jews in Gaza. And because the people who were in Gaza that were supposed to be doing that job, the United Nations and the Europeans and the Americans and the Chinese and the Russians, ah, they were all aiding and abetting the Muslims, helping them arm themselves and build those tunnels. And as a result, it became 
a grotesque militarized zone where everything from schools to hospitals to mosques, everything, children's bedrooms were militarized. So if Israel pulls out and does what the world wants and gives that as a state to the fake Athenians, then what? We'll be right back to where we were. And I want to tell you what's called the West Bank is no better. They're armed to the teeth. They're marching and uh, and protest. They they flying the the various jihadi flags. So better. So this is the plight of Israel, and that's one of the reasons I'm just so surprised that these 30 books we have on the shelf at yadayad.com that speak from Yahweh and his Messiah, Dode, the Savior of Israel, the Son of God, that these 30 books have not yet resonated with a significant cross-section of Jews. Shame on you. And what's it going to take before you finally say, you know, the IDF failed us. Our judiciary failed us. Our political leaders failed us. It's for goddamn certain that Judaism has failed you. The progressives have failed you. When are you going to turn to the original charter of the Jewish people of Israel, the Torah? Not that piece of crap Babylonian Talmud, the Torah. When are you going to turn to it? And listen to God for a change. His name is Yahweh. Highly recommend him. And I've written 30 books to you about him, all of which are free. Go to the shelf at yadayah.com. Buy, buy, read all of them in their entirety for free. Even if you were to buy them from Amazon, they're royalty-free. Right. They're there for you. And I don't know what more we can say, but we'll continue to, uh, to say it. Any other thoughts before we return to um, the first Mismore, the last line of it? No, I like, I, like your pro, I like your call here on what to do. Take a lot of courage. Yeah, I wish Israel would implement that. Can you imagine how different the world would be Absolutely. if um, yeah, Israel had said these things? You know, today or yesterday yeah. I read the news that um, the former head of Hamas, uh, excuse me, not of Hamas, of, uh, of the uh, Mossad, had uh, condemned mm-hmm. uh, Netanyahu for besmirching the, the uh, Qatar government, which is you know, the primary sponsor of, uh, of Hamas. And uh, and so the, the former head of the Mossad condemned Muhammad. Oh, excuse me, condemned Netanyahu. Netanyahu. I mean, when you spend 15 hours a day uh, translating the Quran, your your mind is in the gutter. So I'm going to say a, <laughs> I'm going to be thinking one thing and say another. But listen, it's an occupational hazard. I don't think there's anybody else that could have written what I have written in goddamn religion. So I have to do it, oh, no. but 
you put your mind in the gutter that long every day and you're going to uh, have slips of the tongue. Uh, But the head, the former head of the Mossad condemned Netanyahu for criticizing Qatar. How could you be more inappropriate in what you have to say? I mean, this Mm -hmm. was a guy that was being groomed by Likud to be the successor to Netanyahu. And I guess maybe he's got his panties in a bunch. Mm. But Israel, I mean, you you really are a house divided. Mm, And you need to come to realize that the Mossad let you down. I mean, how many people other than the one guy has the Mossad fingered to kill of uh, of those responsible for 10-7? You know, the the real heads of uh, of Hamas are in Qatar. How come you can't kill them? What happened to you? So what's happened to the Mossad? Did it lose its teeth? Lose its morals? Lose its way? What happened to the Shin Bet? What happened to IDF intelligence? What happened to the, the IDF that couldn't respond for 8 to 12 hours? And then took a month to decide what they're going to do in Gaza. And still can't figure it out. And they had 21 Jewish boys die in the collapse of a building because they were carrying goddamn mines in there to bring it down as opposed to standing away and, and having a aircraft shoot a missile into it. What in the hell are you thinking? What's wrong with your leadership? You're the brightest people in the world, and you're acting like dunderheads. You're fighting an enemy with an average IQ of 60-something. And they're winning. Certainly in the court of public opinion. Yeah. So somewhere along the way, Israel, you need to start listening to Yahweh and stop listening to your political and cultural and religious, military and intelligence leaders, because they have all failed you, which is what needs to happen for Israel to return to Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And you don't have much time. All right. What, we're going to pick up with the last statement in the uh, the first Mizmor, and then we'll have a quick review of it. Mizmor, uh, Psalm 1-6, is spoken uh, by uh, Dode to, Dode is David, uh, to uh, his uh, father, Yahweh, um, our God. He wrote, Indeed, because Yahweh, that's the proper pronunciation of the name of Eloah, God, as directed by his Torah teaching regarding his Haya existence and our Shalom restoration. I mention all of those names, Eloah, Torah, Haya, and Shalom, because collectively, those are words that every Jew knows. You've all heard Eloah. You know it means God. And you know that the O and, and the Ah sound in Eloah are from the Wah in the He. You all know mm-hmm. there's the Torah, but do you know that the O sound in Torah is from the Wah? And the Ah sound is from the He? You are familiar with the verb Hayat, it's one of the most common verbs in Hebrew, to be, to exist, 
is, was, will be. It's written Haya, Hey, Yod, Hey. Yah is as plain as day in the middle of the word. And Shalom is another word, one that is spoken of even more frequently than Torah. Mm-hmm. The O sound in Shalom comes from you know, the wall. Even Yisrael, that's the sound of the the Yod. So Yod Hey Wahe is Yahweh. Not mm-hmm. difficult. Not impossible to know how to pronounce it. God's very clear that those who demean his name by hiding it, by demoting it, by denying it, are unforgivable. Indeed, because Yahweh, and no one knew him better than Dode, and he wrote and said his name, these are lyrics to songs, he sung his name, indeed, because Yahweh, Yada, knows. One of the most important verbs in Hebrew, recognizes and acknowledges, is aware of and respects, is familiar with and is concerned about. He understands and is friendly in support of the way, Derek, of those who are Sadak. I mean, what a wonderful com- combination of words. Key, indeed, because surely for the reason... Yahweh, God's one and only name. Yada, the ultimate verb. That's the way we all come to Yahweh. It's through knowing, understanding, recognizing, acknowledging. Derek, the way. Sadak. To be upright, correct, and vindicated. Ki, Yahweh, Yada. Derek, Sadak. That's the whole story. Concluding line of Dode's Mismore. So it's Yahweh knows. He recognizes. He's concerned about the way of those who are upright, correct, and vindicated, Sadak. If you want God to care about you, which is well, probably a pretty good idea. <laughs> you need to yada. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be Sadak, write about him. And that begins with knowing and using his name. And then uh, the corollary. But those whose path is incorrect, Derek Russia, those whose way is invalid as opposed to the opposed to the standard, whose journey leads others astray will perish. Abad. Abadded out, destroyed, exterminated, annihilated, vanishing, ceasing to exist. Their lives squandered, expelled from the relationship. God doesn't know everybody. It wouldn't be appropriate for him to know everybody. It would be too grieving, too grievous for him. So... Rasha is one of the raw words, of which there are many, and the raw means an outspoken, belligerent countryman. It means someone who is evil, someone who is wrong, someone who is misleading. Uh, it mm-hmm. is a, uh, a, a, an evil shepherd, all of the raw words. And 
here he's saying for those who are on the raw, the religious path in rebellion against Yahweh, they're going to perish. Now, having spent so much time translating the Quran, Allah's deal is, uh, and it's like three times per surah, so it's probably three, four hundred iterations of this, is that disbelievers get a painful punishment. Now, a God who said, disbelieve me, reject me, and I will punish you, isn't worth knowing that God would be a psychopath. He's sadistic. That's Allah. Yahweh doesn't Mm -hmm. say that. He just says, if you're going to be belligerent and misleading and incorrect, you're just going to perish. I know the ones who are right about me. Mm -hmm. I care about them. But the ones who don't and have chosen to be incorrect, they're going to perish. I gave you life. You squandered it. At the end of your life, there is nothing. Your soul dissipates into nothingness. That's God's story. No punishment for them. Just nothing. And that will be for the overwhelming preponderance of Israelites and even a higher percentage of Goyim. Mismore, Psalm 1-6. So if you want to yada, be yada, known by Yahweh, God, be Sadak, be right. God didn't say, I know the good. He didn't say, I know the ones that pray a lot. He didn't say, I know the ones that bow down to me. I know the ones that worship me. I know the ones who, I don't know, everything, are religious towards me. No, he didn't say that. They're just the opposite. I know those who are right about me. The only way you can be right about God is to read the Torah and prophets, where God introduces himself, explains what he is offering and what he expects in return. And, of course, the the most overriding theme throughout the prophets is God's disgust towards religion, starting with Judaism. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be known by God, if you got, want God to be familiar with you, be right about him. And if you want to be disassociated from God, be wrong about him. Today in Israel, there was an article when I was writing this. It's uh, now uh, some time ago. But when I was writing this, there was an article at the time that was published in a Haredi uh, newspaper. The religious were told that if they attended a rally in support of judicial reform, that they would be excluded from the house of God. Wow. It wasn't because the rabbis opposed judicial reform, because they were in favor of it. It was instead because only rabbis are authorized to engage in politics due to their superior learning. They are saying that there will be no expressions of free will tolerated in Judaism because ultra-Orthodox Jews, that is their position, are too stupid to think for themselves. That's probably true. The depravity of religious control boggles the mind in Judaism. Rabbis will be fortunate if their souls are allowed to perish. And if so authorized, I will send them to Sheol. 
Speaking of Abad perishing, there is a little-known and profoundly important aspect of divine judgment that few appreciate. Most souls, Abad, cease to exist upon a person's mortality. There is no reward. There is no punishment. The nefesh soul simply fades into oblivion. It is only by deliberately misleading others regarding Yahweh or abusing his children that a soul earns a one-way ticket to Sheol, hell from which there is no return. But, you know, keep in mind, Sheol, there's no fires, there's no torture chambers. Yahweh's not there. It's the place of eternal separation for souls. It is eternal darkness. And so here now is a summation of the first Mismore. Um, it begins, joyful with me and blessed by me. Fortunate in the relationship by stepping along the straightforward path which I have provided to give meaning to life is the individual who, as a result of the relationship, does not walk in the counsel of those who are religious and incorrect, does not stand in the way of those who are misleading with their errant platitudes, neither dwells in the company of those who babble confounding by scoffing and ridiculing. Ms. Moore, one, one. I've shared this before, but I don't think there's anything more important to repeat. Dode is the only person in all of human history that can say, joyful with me and blessed by me. Fortunate in the relationship by stepping along the straightforward path I have provided to give meaning to life. Those are no. big words. Those <laughs> yeah. are the words only a savior can speak. Those words mean that Dode personally served as the Pesach Al and he fulfilled matzah leading to Bukotam, firstborn children, and Shabuah, the promise of seven. We should all have seen it the moment we read Ashri. It is Asher personalized by the first person pronoun Ani. Asher is to bless. It is to walk along the straight and narrow path that gives meaning and purpose to life. And Ashri means joyful and blessed by me. Fortunate in the relationship by stepping along this straightforward path with me because I have provided meaning to life. How come we couldn't all figure this out? Why did it take a goy? now 3,000 years after these words were written to tell you that Dode David is your savior? And he told you so. He volunteered to do this for you. And then... It also bears repeating that Dode's list of things that follow are all negative because that's the order of things. You can be blessed by Dode as a result of what he did working with Yahweh so long as you are not religious, so long as you are not political so long as you are not conspiratorial, patriotic. You must walk away from these things 
as Abraham did before he was invited to be part of God's covenant family. And Dode is reemphasizing that. It's the first condition of the covenant. Walk away from religion and government and country and politics and the conspiracies and controversies and cultures of humankind. And boy, they're more prevalent in the Jewish culture and community than any place else. Walk away from all that stuff. Disassociate from it, from the rabbis, from the culture of the place. So this is the ultimate statement of the most articulate and brilliant man who ever lived. That's his opening statement to you. Instead, by contrast, he wrote, within the Torah teaching and guidance of Yahweh is what is valuable and matters to him. In the Torah directions and in instructions, he meditates, giving serious thought and consideration to the information so as to speak decisively day and night. Instead of being religious, instead of being political, instead of being conspiratorial, if you want to benefit from what Dode has done for you by fulfilling Pesach and Matzah, enabling Bukodom and Shabuah, then rather than being religious and political, instead, by contrast, value Yahweh's Torah. Not the rabbinical Talmud, Yahweh's Torah. And if you don't know that it's Yahweh's name and Yahweh's Torah, and that Torah means teaching and guidance, then don't read your JPS. Again, go to yadayad.com. Start with an introduction to God. There's 30 books on the shelf. Start with the first one on the left and read them one after another, and you will see Yahweh's name where it belongs. You will see Torah defined correctly as guidance and teaching, directions and instructions. You will see these words proclaimed on your behalf. And then not only does the person who is joyful with Dode, blessed by Dode, fortunate in the relationship by stepping along the straightforward path that Dode has provided, all of which is explained in the Torah, because Moshe explained how the Mikra, and Mikra in the plural, Pesach, Matzah, Bakodim, Shabuah, would be fulfilled, would be celebrated, what they would mean, and Toad fulfilled them. One explained what they are. The other did what they said. It's Moshe and Toad, the two great Zeroah. And what happens if you do what is said here, then you become a spokesperson for the message of Yahweh, of Toad, of Moshe and of the Torah. And in his Torah directions, instructions, you meditate, you give serious thought and consideration. And as a result, speak decisively. 
day and night. By the way, it just didn't limit it to, you can speak about the Torah for six days, but you better shut up on the most important day. Hardly. <laughs> you know, and last time I checked, in year 4,000, yeah, when Dode fulfilled Pesach and Matzah, doing the ultimate work on behalf of his people, he fulfilled Pesach and Matzah on a Shabbat. Yes, so it, it can't be wrong to do these things in conjunction with the Torah at any time. Well said. It's a huge hang-up for Israel for some reason. Yes. Who yeah. knows why? But uh, I guess we know why, because they've been indoctrinated by the religious. And what the religious have done is they have transformed the Shabbat into the most torturous day of the week. It's the yeah. day that there's so many rules that it's the hardest day of the week. The most work is on the Shabbat because of all the goddamn rules that have been established. Yep. And not one of those rules are enjoy your relationship with Yahweh. Celebrate your relationship with Yahweh on this day. You know, that first statement that Yah etched in stone, he explains that he's the great liberator. And yet religion is the great enslaver. That's why they're at odds with each other. Right. Then he is like the tree planted near an idyllic stream of flowing water, such that as a result of this beneficial relationship, he produces and bestows his fruit at the appropriate time. His uplifting branch will never wither and will never lack for understanding in everything that he engages in to show the way to the benefits of the relationship. He will succeed and prosper. Third line that Dode wrote. Yeah, it's a, it's a metaphor. It's a word picture of a tree rooted where it ought to be next to an idyllic stream such that the result of absorbing the sunlight, of being where one needs to be, of being properly cared for with water, which represents the ultimate solvent for cleansing and the source of life, that you become productive. If you're where you should be and are capitalizing on the light and the, and the soil and the water that God has provided then you'll produce good fruit. His uplifting branch will never wither, never lack for understanding everything that you engage in to show the way to the benefits of the relationship will be successful and help others. This is what we strive to do. It's why we do this program. It's why there's 30 books on the shelf. It's why the Yada Yada site exists. What more could you want out of life? The fourth statement, and Dode continues, this is not true, nor even remotely similar with those who are incorrect, with those who will be condemned for leading others astray and for misrepresenting God's character, who rather instead will be like the chaff which is driven away and refuted 
by the Spirit. The Torah is where we come to know Yahweh, where we benefit from what Moshe has said and Dod has done. But we're up against the more shrill and popular voices of the religious who lead people astray and misrepresent God's character, his name, his purpose, what he is offering, what he is expecting in return. And those who do these things will be driven away as useless as the chaff refuted by the Spirit. Therefore, based upon this reasoning, those who are incorrect, misled, and misleading will not stand upright during judgment, nor those who are wrong in the enduring community of witnesses of those who are right, correct, and vindicated. We spoke about this, uh, I think a program ago, which is that, well, Yahweh never asks anyone to bow down in his presence. When the religious and political are judged and condemned, Mm -hmm. uh, they will be bowing down. They will not be allowed to stand in the presence of God's covenant family. Uh, My uh, supposition is that it is members of the covenant family that will be holding these uh, tribunals, but it will not be a time of of, um, uh, like a normal trial. I don't think there will be any defense allowed or mounted by those who are whose lives are being reviewed for determination as to whether their souls simply exist or they sent off to Sheol, or if they're actually tormented for what they have done as recompense to those they tormented. And and so it will be Malak bringing the evidence against them and then members of Yahweh's covenant family who are assigned to make that determination. But you can mm-hmm. rest assured they will not be standing during those proceedings. Good. Mm-hmm. And indeed, because Yahweh knows the way of those who are upright, correct, and vindicated, but those whose path is corrupt will perish. It is the contrast. That's why I began this program talking about what Israel needs to do. There is the choice. You can be with God and write about him, or you can be with the religious and political and wrong about him. But don't pretend that you know God. Don't pray to God. Don't expect God to do anything for you until you listen to him. Not through the Babylonian Talmud, not via the Christian New Testament. Well, certainly not through the Quran. Listen to him through the Torah and Prophets. And if you're in doubt in terms of the of what was actually written, turn to Yadaya, where you'll not only find a translation of the words that God spoke from the oldest sources available, but also an explanation as to what each word means and how it was used at the time it was spoken. So those who observe and accept Yahweh's Torah teaching and guidance are right, blessed with knowledge, understanding, joyful and productive, validated and vindicated, always correct on the issues that matter most, especially those regarding life and death. Those who believe man's mantras, however, 
whether they be political or religious, conspiratorial or militaristic, will remain confounded and confused. They will be judged and found to be wrong, exterminated and expelled. Yisrael, there is every reason to conclude that you're smart. With 0.2% of the world's population earning 30% of the Nobel Prizes in the sciences. So how is it that you have collectively been on the wrong side of this simple equation for the past 3,000 years? Why is it that when Yahweh wanted someone to take his testimony seriously and to share it accurately and insightfully with you, he couldn't find a single Yehud willing to step up and had to work with a goy. Now I think Yahweh actually likes it that way because he's so annoyed with his people being so belligerent towards him that he wants it to be embarrassing for them. It's a consequence. It is a consequence. (laughs) And as such, look at the wonderful opportunity that we were given to do this with our Father. Now, sometimes we're guided to things that, while always available and true, are perfect for the moment. The first word in the first psalm was a noteworthy example, Asheri. But so is this next sentence, the first of the second Mismore. Inexplicitly and frustratingly, there is a greater propensity for people to believe in conspiracies today than there is to be overtly religious or political. The numbers are staggering with the majority of people worldwide snookered by one hoax or another. And for most, the lure of conspiracy is simple. People are looking for someone to blame for their unfulfilling lives. The conspiratorial menace has grown so large and so vocal that numerous scientific studies have been conducted to determine what prompts so many people to believe in and promote absurdly ridiculous notions. And what they have found is that there is but a single common denominator among conspiratorialists. It isn't age. It isn't politics. It isn't ethnicity, nationality, or religion. But instead, they're all losers. Unwilling to accept responsibility for their unsatisfactory and empty existence, they fault those deemed successful for controlling and inhibiting them. The most enduring and popular conspiracies, and indeed the most deadly and delusional, purport that Jews control the world to the detriment of everyone else. May I share how the most recent and most popular conspiracy has riven in this regard? Consider progressives and their cancel Mm -hmm. culture. Their concept is that it is Caucasian men who have 
so controlled the world that all others have been deprived of rights. And they have gone so far as to make one ethnicity in particular culpable for all that they don't have that they deem they should have, the Jews. They actually condemn the country that is the freest in the history of humankind, that has greater paths to upward mobility than mankind has ever experienced. You know, you know, look at the history of humankind. It's, it's about civilizations imposing the caste system. They all had it. Please, yeah. it, it doesn't matter if you're dealing with the Roman Catholic Church and lords and serfs, or you go back beyond that in Imperial Rome, which had a more rigid caste system than any other country in history. You go to Greece that people think were somehow enlightened, and yet 95% of the inhabitants of Athens were slaves. It was true with Sparta and the Carthaginians and the Trojans and the Assyrians and the Babylonians and the Hittites, the Egyptians, no matter where you look, even in the New World, the Mayans, the Incas, the Aztecs, all caste systems, no upward mobility of any kind. And here, the greatest experiment in uh, upward mobility in world history is America, and they want to condemn it. It's truly astonishing. And it is, it's become a religious order where anyone who disagrees with them is, uh, is condemned. But never on evidence and reason, just like the religious. Evidence and reason is immaterial to these religious stalwarts of liberal philosophy. Of course, the ultimate expression is communism. And every experiment in communism has led to horrible results stymied of progression and, and of economies and of freedoms. But that's who they are. And so it is one of the more virulent conspiracies now, and one that has taken out its aim targeting Jews. And one that is very difficult to deal with because it is so inculcated in academia and politics and the media, that its voice is prevalent and shrewd and shrill. And, and we are to a point now where it's had such an effect on America's youth, for example, and European youth, that 85 to 90% are hopeless now, mm -hmm. incapable of using evidence and reason to come to a moral conclusion. And they're full of themselves, thinking that they're somehow superior Mm -hmm. So it's just an example of, uh, of one of many of these. Now, as I was writing the initial draft of this particular chapter, this is the opening chapter in Coming Home, Volume 1. A 19-year-old white supremacist and Christian, his name was John Ernst, a member of the Escondido Presbyterian Church outside of San Diego, murdered an unarmed elderly Jewish woman. He attempted to kill her rabbi, 
and then annihilate his entire congregation at Shabbat Synagogue in uh, Poway, uh, California. And at the conclusion of Passovers, when he perpetrated this crime, while this worthless individual is just one among billions of anti-Semites, since his open letter comprises so many of the lies that have been used to falsely slander Jews, it might be helpful to uh, present aspects of his uh, parting manifesto so that we are cognizant of the sickness pervading our world. And uh, we're going to do so as we uh, make our way through uh, the conclusion of the second Mismore. And while most conspiracy theories are sufficiently anti-Semitic to endorse even the most obvious hoaxes, such as the protocols of the elders of Zion, they now use social media to promote an ever-growing and ever-more-ridiculous array of fantasies. These include the absurd and discredited notion that the government wanted justification to expand the military-industrial complex so that the elite perpetrated 9-11 and then blamed Muslims. The conspiratorialists would have us believe that the government wants to control the population so the Kabul at, had their evil scientists engineer GMO foods, vaccines, fluorinated water, and chemtrails to poison everyone, including themselves, I suppose. They allege that the empowered and their zeal to confiscate guns from the citizenry deployed political actors to stage all of the mass shootings and bombings at schools, nightclubs, marathon races, and concerts. Then they say, because the empowered are different from the rest of us, elitists like Hillary Clinton turned the basement of a Washington-area pizzeria into a child slavery and sex ring. There are even hundreds of millions who believe that the world's Leading politicians are actually alien reptilian overlords. At least I figured out the origin of that. (laughs) Allah is the snake that slithered out of the garden, and he insists that he is the overlord of all of his Muslim slaves. So that would be a reptilian overlord for two billion people. So on that one, we've got a tip our hat to Allah and said, okay, you, you got us on that one. There really is a reptilian <laughs> overlord. <laughs> there are a surprising number of people who are convinced that the earth is flat. Now, again, tip our hat to Allah. He claims that he flattened the, uh, the earth and that we should recognize that he is God because he made the earth flat. So, once again... <laughs> okay. There is justification for that one, too. Uh, They also claim that the Earth is just 6,000 years old. Many believe that the moon landings were fake. I guess you're dealing with that now, uh, Dee. Can can you imagine all the work to create the Saturn V rocket, all of the the work to train those astronauts, and and, and then to... to admit that, you know, the Soviets had beat us to the first astronaut and the first satellite, but boy, we we came up with this plan. It was a Hollywood production, even though 
is a Cape Canaveral and really are those rockets and the science that that makes it all happen really does work and oh by the way the pictures they took there shows the earth from the perspective of the moon back at a time when graphic arts would never have had the ability to do what no. the simple had uh, had done yeah but nonetheless they're insistent upon it uh, many also believe that there are UFOs not understanding the physics of the matter where energy or sorry, matter itself cannot be accelerated anywhere near the speed of light uh, it's just a physical impossibility and therefore the distances between stars with potentially habitable planets is just too great it's not possible right. until we are transformed from matter to energy the universe is way beyond our grasp others believe that there is a mirror earth or planet X on the other side of the sun and again this is an Islamic thing because when uh, uh, Muhammad was challenged by the Quraysh and said you know you're, you're, you're just not impressing us at all with any of this verbal diarrhea so uh, we went to the rabbis and uh, and Yathrib since they seem to understand who it is and isn't a prophet and they came up with these three questions for you uh, and one of them is who was the great traveler and so Muhammad uh, uh, takes like a week uh, he, he you know he's got radio silence from his on God and then he finally comes up and said, I, I know the answer. Gabriel gave me the answer. And this whole answer now is confirmed in the uh, Quran uh, in, in explicit detail that uh, the great traveler was Alexander the Great. And that uh, <laughs> he was not traveling, by the way, from Macedonia to, uh, to uh, Persia uh, into uh, Egypt along the way. Nope, nope, nope. He traveled in a spacecraft to where wow. the sun goes nighty night. Now, I don't know if you knew <laughs> that the sun actually goes nighty night. It's, it's not that the earth rotates on its axis and the sun continues to shine and it just shines on one side of the earth versus the other as the planet rotates. But no, according to Allah, the sun goes to bed nighty night uh, each night and it does so in a muddy spring. And that muddy spring in which the sun goes to bed has... Tr- extraterrestrials that live around it and uh, the great traveler uh, Alexander the Great not only visited them but preached Islam to them and and then it wasn't done yet he went to where the sun uh, wakes up each morning and there were aliens living around there them too and those aliens they had a serious problem the Gog and Magog were threatening them and and so they begged Alexander to come up with a plug to plug the hole in the mountain where the Gogians were coming in to attack them. <laughs> okay. And he did. <laughs> so there really is a Planet X, uh, according to Islam. <clears throat> Those who <laughs> deny the very existence of Yisraelites, suggesting that the race is long extinct. Uh, these same individuals uh, then weave a web of lies to infer that they are the new Israel in contemporary reenactment of the conspiracy of replacement theology. There is even a Hebrew roots movement and black Hebrew Israelites. Uh, 
where these of sub-Saharan African descent claim to be Yehudim. <laughs> to hell with Yahweh's testimony and DNA. They pre- prefer to be beguiled and anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Yahweh wouldn't waste a moment on these wasted lives if it were not for three issues, all of which involve his people. First, the most prevalent and destructive conspiracy has been and remains blame the Jews. Paul originated it and popularized it, and this was the first rendition, religious rendition of this game. Um, he blamed the Jews for killing his God. Okay. Never mind that Rome actually crucified the Messiah Dot. But nonetheless, it you know is a great story if you hate Jews. To, you're a self-loathing Jew to blame uh, the Jews for killing your God. And so the Roman Catholic Church has perpetrated the longest-running, most pervasive and pathetic version of this conspiracy going back now almost 2,000 years. Of course, Islamic jihadists have committed the deadliest and most inane interpretation of blame the Jews. The Third Reich even managed to accuse Jews of the deplorable conditions imposed upon their nation after losing the First World War. They promoted the most sadistic application of this twisted scenario all the way to the final solution. Blame the Jews has been played out in Russia, Ukraine, Poland, and Greece with their pogroms. Christianity fostered the menace in Europe, England, and the Americas, and Islam carried the torch throughout Asia, Africa, and the Middle East. It is promoted in academia today in lockstep with the myth of a Fakistanian people and a place called Fakistan. And now it is rampant on the internet, flourishing worldwide in the artificial realm of social media. Based upon all we have learned, based upon all the harm that they have caused, based upon the nature of the perpetrators, there is nothing on the planet God despises more than anti-Semitic conspiracies. They lie in the crosshairs of Yahweh's most basic warning. I will discredit those who harass you. Second, conspiracies comprise the worst form of babble. Their proponents not only ignore the obvious and probable explanations relating, uh, rejecting that which is valid and verifiable, they commingle all manner of deceptions, suggesting that the truth is found in the concoction of lies. They slander everyone who, provide, who proves that they are ridiculous while reinforcing their mythology by stickering about themselves. They are universally less receptive to evidence and reason than are they most religious or political devotees. That's true. By clinging to such ridiculous babble, the conspiratorialists are prohibited from participating in the covenant. And by misleading hundreds, thousands, millions, and billions, they set themselves up to be judged and condemned, sentenced to shield. Anything capable of debilitating billions of souls, squandering their opportunity to understand, is worthy of God's righteous indignation. And they've earned it. You know, we had a real battle early on 
with mm -hmm. uh, a very significant number of those who gave lip service to the covenant promoting conspiracies. And I'm sorry, mm -hmm. you can't have it both ways. If you're going to be conspiratorial, God has nothing to do with you. You are yeah, not covenant. So. Yes. And he's been very clear about this. And in fact, my favorite of the prophets, Yahshua, made this uh, undeniable. Mm -hmm. Third, promoting inane interpretations of readily explainable events under the title truthers has a tendency to repel thoughtful individuals while ensnaring fellow morons. And that's our issue. There were so many conspiratorialists that clung to what we were saying that it discredited God's message. So I've made it very clear. If you want to be conspiratorial, that's up to you. I don't give a hoot. Be as stupid as you want to be. But don't take anything that Yahweh has said, anything that we have learned, written, or shared, and combine it with your malarkey. Right. And while idiots are easily manipulated, the narcissists who stir the conspiracy pot deliberately seek the kind of validation that constituents filled with numbskulls can provide. So they give the so to give them the credibility that they need, they have to attract and hold ever more devotees. They need to mix their lives with enough truth to make the self-promoted saviors appear believable. That's why they turned to Yadiyawa, and we had to shoo them away. And since nothing has ever been as credible as Yahweh's words, they are used as a veneer to glue the chaff of conspiracy together such that it will fool enough fools for the foolish to have a following. This is the secret to the success of Christianity, which is a conspiracy. Judaism, another conspiracy. Islam, one of the worst of all conspiracies. Mormonism, Scientology, and even the mythos of Western democracies, certainly now of progressives. Even communism. They're all ridiculous conspiracies. Just because... They're enormously popular. doesn't change the fact that they're still, still conspiratorial. Yeah. Yeah. It is also found interwoven amongst all of the conspiracies promoted today. This isn't a remote or isolated problem. Conspiracy sites have latched on to my translations, my transliterations. In fact, Black Hebrew... Israelites use Yahweh's name, which I introduced to the world. Mm -hmm. They claim to be covenant, as if they wrote these various things. Then, after using them to draw those actually searching for meaning to life, they take the unsuspecting into the darkest and most twisted of holes. Hundreds, if not thousands of people have been led to question these translations of Yahweh's words, even reject them, not on the merits, but instead based upon their incorporation into social media sites promoting the most absurd conspiracies. Worse, the gaggle of goons on these sites call themselves covenant, 
They use Yahweh's name. They weave insights that are known only through these books, through their texts, through their threads. And they are rude, abrasive, arrogant, delusional, obnoxious, always picking fights. God says, do not mix conspiracy with his testimony. If there were hundreds of sites and audio programs devoted to accurately translating Yahweh's words and freely sharing the insights derived from them, this problem would be less catastrophic. But because there are few, and most are errantly related to these translations, the conspiratorialists have enraged the one calling his people home. He is so angry, he even predicted their contrarian influence by derogatorily referring to them. Dode begins with Walutz, Derek, Hugh, Bazaar, Hugh. And so, the devious nut who misleads and perverts in his despicable manner and ways disrespects and belittles him. Plundering the whole people by showing contempt while despising him. Mashal word pictures, Proverbs 14.2. This is followed by Bape Ewell Choter Gawa. In the mouth of the foolish simpletons, devoid of understanding the quarrelsome, stubborn, stupid, and shameless, there is a haughty and glorified, insignificant twig, a choter, which will arise. These trolls permeate social media and the Internet, infecting tens of millions with their videos, tweets, and texts, and posts. So this Choder is going to do everything he can to shut them up. These things known, this is Dode's warning. For what reason, Lama, toward what end, and for what purpose, one should ask? Do noisy and confused throngs of scheming and rebellious Gentiles gather together to conspire and open defiance. Ragash Goyam. Do vociferous and disorderly crowds of restless religious, political, and militant ethnicities and countries estranged from Israel rise up vehemently to hastily agitate in fellowship with one another with races attempting to be noticed and gain attention through their perceived and contrived plots erupting like an open wound swirling around and churning things up for the moment creating a disturbing commotion of an unrestrained cult of worshipers for a time by hurriedly conceiving and promoting clandestine conspiracies that's accurate <laughs> Yeah. The dose got away with words. I've, you know, it <laughs> yeah. pretty much sums it all up. It says, the people of these nations who are transformed while amassing under the antiquated and unifying religious, political, and conspiratorial leader, Wa Laom, 
these groups who associate and gather together under an individual who changes them in some way as a result of primitive and arcane concepts. Choose to plot and speak, Hagah, are driven away by their choices and utterances, having wrongly decided after selectively searching, muttering their musings aloud, along with their imagined grievances and interpersonal beliefs, all formed after giving considerable attention to selective information to scheme to remove the people who are the focus of their complaint. In vain, deluded in their fantasies by promoting their unreal claims and worthless myths for absolutely no reason. Having drawn their weapons as paid warriors without benefit and without actual reason or cause while revealing their unfulfilling and empty lives. Mm. Who needed the college research papers to assess the common denominator of the conspiratorial when Dode gave it to us? Okay. Yeah. You know, even the uh, the guy that, that headed the cult that was the most vociferous uh, conspiratorialist, understand he is still using my translations and claiming them as his own to draw people into his cult. And you wonder, how Uh would one be so short-sighted to do such a thing? I mean, here you have the very words of God revealed more clearly than ever before with an opportunity to be part of God's family. And rather than capitalizing on that, you choose instead to mislead and take advantage of people. And you don't do it on your own initiative, but instead you usurp the words of God to give your cult and your conspiracy a veneer of authenticity. What do you think the consequence of that is? Instead of living in the covenant family with Yahweh, you're condemned to Sheol. You know, if you just came up with your own stupid idea, and, you know, you, you played the false flag game or... You played the chemtrail game. You did that sort of thing, and you did it on your own. And the worst thing that's going to happen to you, your soul simply dissipates. You haven't taken any away, anyone away from God because the people who believe you were too stupid to find him in the first place. <laughs> but if you take the words of Yahweh and his name, and you use them to draw people into your cult, and you discredit God and what we are doing here at Yada Yawa to mislead people, mm-hmm. then you're not getting that option of having your soul dissipate. You're going to hell. And you did it to yourself. And you did it to others. And you did it deliberately. What in the hell is wrong with you? But it's a pandemic. Anyway, it's uh, brilliant what uh, mm-hmm. Dode had to uh to say here, for what reason do the noisy and confused throngs of scheming and rebellious Gentiles gather together to conspire in open defiance? The people of these nations who are transformed while massing under an antiquated and unifying religious, political, or conspiratorial leader choose to plot and speak in their in vain, deluded in their fantasies. And it's become so horrendous recently with the rise of progressives 
uh, and them siding with Islam against Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, I am anti-political. So while mm-hmm. I will admit that I agree with Yahweh that less government interference is better than more government interference, I can't um, align myself with any political party or any political leader and condemn them all. But I can tell you that the worst of the political voices today are the are the progressives. Yeah. Uh, and this is so because they are so vocal against God's people, so vocal against Israel, so supportive right. of Israel's principal enemy, Muslims. And they are so effective at dumbing down generations of young people through academia mm-hmm. and the media so that they have caused not only themselves but billions of people around the world to forego their Nasama conscience so that evidence and reason no longer matter. So the only way that anyone can come to know God through evidence and reason, through his testimony and thinking about it is negated because they can't process this information. And so it is their voice that has actually given credence to and a sense of victimization to the perpetrators of October 7th. It is the coverage of them in the media now is such that the Muslim rioters around the world are, are seen, as, seen as activists and as victims as opposed to victimizers and perpetrators. Uh, Angela Merkel, as a progressive, invited them into Europe. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest mistakes in the history of humankind. They brought the disease right into European homes, and now there's no ways to, re- to remove it. So this is the world we find ourselves in, and the most lethal contributor to it today are progressives. Um, the religious are bad. I'm not going to make any excuse for Christians or Muslims or for uh, the Herodim, Orthodox Jews. It's a complete waste of a, of a human soul, waste of a mind. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are going to be none that will be in Yahweh's family. There will be none in heaven. There will be none that survive this life. And many of them, from leading people astray, from being abusive to God's people, are going to find themselves with an eternity in Sheol. But the voice that is so difficult today, this when the um, International Court of Justice went on their 30-minute diatribe against Israel today, the woman speaking that diatribe against Israel was a progressive. It's, um, it is a terrible, terrible disease. It's the ultimate conspiracy today, the most popular, the fastest growing conspiracy because they have such influence in the media and in academia. But Dode did a very nice job in this Mismore of, um, in his opening line of rooting them out. So this is prophetic of our day. I was going to say, yes. Conspiracies, especially those which inappropriately impugn Jews, are so prolific. They're woven into the fabric of the human psyche. 
when the opposite of what is true becomes widely accepted, like the existence of Palestinians and a two-state solution for Palestinians, when that gets woven into the lexicon and people begin to think it's true and it's nothing but a complete and utter lie and most people can't even figure it out, don't even care, can't process the information, are incapable of being rational, then what's the end game? Where does stupid leave? What's the purpose? What is to be gained? Nothing but noisy and confused throngs of unrestrained, scheming and rebellious people. Open defiance. It's a cult wholly unreceptive to the truth. They have become akin to zombies, like mindless walking dead. At least they're not the Muslim kind of zombies, which are mindless murderers. Mm -hmm. But they give a license for those zombies to kill. Late in Volume 2 of Observations, we searched out and found the meaning of Leom, which was deployed perfectly in this concept, this context here, to depict the lives of the conspiratorialists who have been transformed by an antiquated political, religious, and racist propaganda of the conspiratorial leader. And there's always a leader of all of these uh, cults. Mm -hmm. It reflects their inclination to group together to reinforce the primitive myths that they are perpetrating. God himself refers to conspiracy as rebellion. He acknowledges Mm -hmm. that Conspiracy is comprised of delusional fantasies and worthless vanity. And yet this counterproductive enterprise will become so popular, it will affect most Gentiles in their nation. I would say that today, that while almost all Muslims are victims of of two conspiracies, one is the general blame the Jews conspiracy, and the other is Islam is the ultimate conspiracy. It's Satan is God. Mm-hmm. But Christianity is a conspiracy. It's the idea of, uh, of everything that was given to Dode to David is taken from him mm-hmm. and given to the mythical misnomer Jesus. And the result was that everything that was promised to Israel and Yehuda was transferred to a Goyim church. It's a horrible yeah. conspiracy. Right. Uh, communism is a conspiracy. This promise of power to the people and and people will own and, and control the means of production when the people become nothing but slaves. All of them are serfs with no rights. No opportunity to own anything. And yet, ownership is supposed to be by the people when they own nothing. It's a conspiracy. And it fails. And then, of course, all of the just the normal nutcase conspiracies of chemtrails and flat earths and false flags and all of the likes of it. Blame the Jews. And then today, now, the conspiracy of the progressives. 
God's sick of it. And if you want to be conspiratorial, that is your choice. But you're not going to benefit from anything God has to offer. Conspiracy is just another religion, another poisonous political perspective. There is no reason whatsoever to believe any of them or to be overwhelmingly give up the benefit of your nisama. Why forego reason to promote them? It is interesting to note that while Haggai is often used to refer to the conspiratorial plots originating in the hearts and minds of wicked men, those who give expression to their deceitful conspiracies by lying about them. The word is used in both Yashia Isaiah 16.7 and Yermiah, Jeremiah 59.1 to express the imagined grievances and interpersonal beliefs associated with the judgment of modern manifestations of Moab resulting in the decision to drive them out of the land before exterminating them. Earlier in Yashaya 8.19, Haga is associated with the conspiratorial musings of those in concert with the adversary. But it also has a positive side with Yahweh using it to encourage his people to ponder the proper response so as to communicate intelligently. Here, Haga is used to say that the proponents of conspiracies are wrong. God is revealing that the conspiratorialists are driven away as a result of their imagined grievances and interpersonal beliefs. He's even affirming that anyone seeking to debunk these myths quickly discovers that those prone to believe conspiracies are victims of selective information. <laughs> Meaning that only they only consider sources, no matter how dubious, that reinforce their faith. That's why they watch all of these videos and have to direct people mm-hmm. to, have you seen this video? And, of course, they're using Photoshop and all manner of, uh, of graphic tricks to create knowingly, mm-hmm. deliberately, you know, the, the yeah. myths that support their agenda. Also telling that Haga suggests that the actual purpose of their conspiracies is to remove and expel the people who are the focus of their complaint. God is thereby impugning the purpose of the mother of all conspiracies, the protocols of the elders of Zion. Now, Rak is the final word in this prophetic uh, announcement, and it's used in two Mashal, Proverbs 12.11 and 28.19, to say that he who tills the land shall be satisfied with bread, and he who follows in vain is void of understanding and will never be satisfied. Rock is from Ruk, which speaks of being emptied out and unfulfilled, never satisfied, malnourished and impoverished. This is the root cause of conspiracy. People who are, have unfulfilled lives, unfulfilling lives, who are dissatisfied with their lives are looking for an excuse, someone to blame for their miserable situation. Rock is also found in Yashaya 29.8 to convey, it shall come to be as when a hungry man dreams and behold, he eats, but 
Even awakened, his soul is empty. It's unsatisfied. So shall be the multitude of the Gentiles and their nations when they fight against Mount Zion and the signs posted along the way. Modern research into the growth of conspiracies has found the very thing calling a lack of personal satisfaction with one's life and sense of living an empty and unfulfilling and impoverished existence, which is now the lone common denominator among all of those who believe and advocate conspiracies. The moment somebody comes to me with a conspiracy, the first thing I, I conclude is there's something desperately wrong with their lives. Hmm. They're searching for someone to blame for the condition they find themselves in as opposed to being responsible and and doing something worthwhile. I said last week we had a young man here uh, who is uh, challenged with with, um, Oshbergers, and he's just a lovely, lovely uh, young man. I mean, he he is trying so hard to overcome some of the challenges that life has come his way. And so as we were working with him, he said, you know, the, the first step in this path for you is a victory every day regarding personal responsibility, taking care of yourself, doing your own shower, having good bathroom routines, um, uh, doing uh, your homework, being able to dress yourself, being responsible for the time that you get up and are ready to uh, to go. Now, uh, personal responsibility, but that's not the great success. The great success is when you are personally responsible, and the next thing is help somebody else. Make a contribution. Offer something of value to someone. Do something nice for someone. And that's the ultimate in giving a person a sense of satisfaction and well-being. You don't need a conspiracy because your life is fulfilling if you're making a contribution to others. Yes. And this is what we were we were communicating to the young man, and, and a lot of it started to resonate. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. So, well, we've reached the the end of our program for this evening. It's um, I'm um, I hope that some of what I said to Israel about the plight that they're in and and what the the options are for them, which is to return to Yahweh, will resonate. I hope that's that someone in uh, in Israel gets uh, the the sense of, of purpose uh, and begins to articulate uh, why the term Palestinian ought not ever be used unless it is to denounce the fact that there is such a people in place. That the one thing that serves as a scar in Jerusalem and needs to be destroyed to keep Muslims from fighting over its liberation, the Dome of the Rock and Alaska Mosque need to be raised. And the way to mm-hmm. do that at this point is to trade them. And, uh, of course, Israel needs to recognize that the problem is Islam, it's not Hamas. That, that if their goal is to eradicate Hamas, it cannot be done. And it would make no difference if their goal is to understand and denounce and challenge Islam, which seeks to eradicate them, then they have hope. 
and of course, the single most important things that Yehudim and Yisraelites can do is to discard mm-hmm. the Talmud and discard societal traditions and come to know Yahweh through his Torah. Understand what he is asking and offering in return. Embrace Yahweh, the God of Abraham and of Yishak and Jacob, the God of Dod, the God of Yashayah and Yermayah, the God of the Bereth covenant family, the God who inspired all the books on the shelf under Yada Yahweh. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you, too, for being part of uh, of this program. Um, I know uh, both Dee and Kirk, you were very insistent that we covered conspiracy because of the aggravation um, of the conspiratorialists and the harm that they're doing to the covenant family, to Yahweh's testimony, and to his people. Um, So it is a pleasure that we were able to do so. Yes, sir. May Yah bless. Have a wonderful Shabbat, uh, one and all. We look forward to being with you this time uh, next week. Um, I do have a program note, though, uh, Dee and Kirk. Um, we, Leigh and I, have uh, one of the very few, um, and there will be one more this year, but we'll have two uh, Shabbat Friday evenings where it will be very difficult uh, to do this program. Uh, next Friday is one of them. So the one of two options, I can either record and we can record a program prior to Friday and play it, or this uh, next Friday can be the uh, the the D and Kirk hour uh, to <laughs> deliver the program. So we need to talk a little bit more during the week as yeah, to what is the, the is the best option uh, for that. But we do have a social yeah. obligation uh, community. Uh, um, return party annual party that is for this community that is our home um next uh next friday and uh, so there is the possibility uh, that uh, i can leave the gathering um about halfway through and and just lock myself in my office and do the uh, the program while leah continues to entertain our guests she might shoot me if I survive the evening, you know, there is that there is that possibility. So anyway, we need to talk during the week and decide what is the uh, the best way to, yes, to uh, to do this. So anyway, I look forward to being with you all uh, one way or the other uh, next week and the week after. May God bless and good night. Okay, good night, y'all. Night, Kirk. Night, night, Kirk. Mm-hmm.